right, welcome everybody to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint. It is good to be along with you as always. I'm going to try to keep this simple. I'm going to try to keep it to three topics, maybe four. But we're going to talk about Bob Dole, the Cuomo brothers, and Alec Baldwin, if you can stand it. Those three topics maybe toss in a little, little COVID if we have time. So we'll keep it to three topics. Let's begin with a former U.S. Senator Bob Dole passed away over the weekend. He was 98 years old, and that's a good long life. And he lived a full life, served in World War II. He suffered, as many of you know, a lifelong injury, but it never stopped him, never slowed him down. He was active politically right up until maybe the early 2000s, served in Congress, in the Senate, in the 70s, 80s, and I think into the 90s. And I guess he primaried H. Walker Bush in 1988. And we know how that came out. I think it was 88, maybe 92. I can't, I can't remember. But the two men remained friends. It was a bitter campaign. Politics is a rough business. But they stayed close. And uh, Bob Dole was just, uh, he was a man. He was a man's man. And he served in Congress at a time when Democrats controlled both houses until 1994, when the Republicans, led by Newt Gingrich, made some, some headway. But he's an old-style politician, a backslapper, a deal-maker, and I guess he was a capital R Republican, but he was a class act. I mean, he served in a time when uh, these guys, everybody got along, they disagreed politically. And then Trump came along, and I think people of that era were, I think, exposed by Donald Trump. Because Americans don't want, I, I don't think most Americans want these people to get along. We don't want to go along to get along. We were tired of the Republican Party, of Bob Dole and the Bushes and uh, John McCain, and Mitch McConnell, I guess you'd have to put in that in that category as well, John Boehner. We want some Republicans, some conservatives who fight, really get right down into the mud and fight for us. That's what Trump did. But, you know, you got to give Dole his, uh, his due. You have to judge every man by the time in which they serve. And uh, he was a class act. Bob Dole dead at 98. Speaking of somebody who doesn't have class, uh, these two gentlemen, I mean, what a difference a year makes. Last December, the Cuomo brothers were riding high. They were on top of the world. But eventually their arrogance and their hubris got the better of them. Andrew's, you know, daily COVID briefings. Remember that? Every day he'd, he'd uh, appear in the media. And uh, the media was held in throes. They just loved it. They couldn't stop singing this guy's praises. Oh, he showed such strength and such leadership. He was on top of the COVID situation. He was making the right decisions for New Yorkers. And then the, the uh, nursing, ham, uh, nursing, uh, nursing home scandal hit the news. And I forget how many, 12,000 people in nursing homes dead because of his policies. But, you know, it, what a difference a year makes. Poll numbers were up. He was taking charge. And then the allegations of sexual misconduct. And now Andrew Cuomo is gone. And I, I think I heard last week or the week before that he's thinking of running for office again, for attorney general, a post which he held before he became governor. I guess that's the, uh, that's the new stepping stone, that, that position, attorney general. There are like seven or eight people running for attorney general, most of them Democrats. Another Democratic assemblyman announced his candidacy uh, recently. I can't think of the guy's name. Just got in the assembly a couple of years ago. So anyway, um, yeah. Can you imagine Andrew Cuomo trying to he, any other state that would not be possible? New York state, it's, it's you know, it's, he, he could get elected. Who knows? But his numbers were up a year ago. Andrew Cuomo was riding high and so was his brother, Fredo. 
was uh, he was riding high too. His 9 p.m. show on CNN. I don't know about the numbers, how many people watched it, but uh, he contracted COVID. Did Chris and and then he gained notoriety for that. The way he was in his basement, supposedly he and his wife were quarantining, but they, of course they weren't. They were breaking all the rules. And he would have Andrew Cuomo on his show at times, and the two of them would be kibitzing and yucking it up. It was sickening. You know, I'd watch a little bit of it. I'm thinking to myself, I, I told my wife, I said, how can anybody watch this and actually enjoy it? But liberals are a different, they're a different breed. They're, they're weird. I was reading something today, and I'm skipping all over the place. I said I was going to keep it to three topics. I read a headline that said 54% of white liberal women have some kind of a mental disorder. And I would agree with that. I would think it'd be higher. I'd, I'd say 94% of white liberal women have, some, have a screw loose. Somewhere, But anyway, Chris Cuomo has uh, now been blown out of CNN for being knee-deep into trying to cover up Andrew's sex uh, sexcapades. But that's not the reason I don't think he was let go from CNN. I'm reading a piece here from the Western Journal by Jack Davis. I mean, he came to his brother's defense. He was trying to, you know, counsel Andrew on how to deal with the sexual allegations. And CNN was informed by attorney Deborah Katz Wednesday, last Wednesday, that she was representing a woman who made an allegation of sexual misconduct against Chris Cuomo. You know, older brother like younger brother. I guess it's something that runs in the family. Although I never heard anything about his, their father having any such allegations made against him. But so Chris Cuomo has done the same thing his older brother uh, is alleged to have done. So Katz, who represents this woman who made the allegation against the younger Cuomo, I guess the, uh, the the colleague was from another network and was not related to Chris Cuomo's efforts to save his brother's political career. But according to the, the attorney, Katz, she said her client came forward because she was disgusted by Chris Cuomo's on-air statements in response to the allegations made against his brother. These people are so phony. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not, nobody's perfect. They're not the first people to do this. I mean, then we're going to hear more about it. They won't be the last. But there's something about when you're prideful, I mean, the, the, of the seven deadly sins, pride is the worst, I think. Now, I'm not a theologian, but I think of all the deadly sins, the, the, the sin of pride is the worst because that enables all the others. And these people, it, it, the Cuomos, if they're nothing else, they're prideful. And they are arrogant. They just ooze with arrogance. They just think they are the smartest, best, just beyond reproach. Now, the both of them are out of work. And I don't wish any ill luck on anybody because a lot of, and especially in the broadcast business, you meet some of the same people on the way up as you meet on the way down. But these Cuomos are, both of them, are, they're phony as a day is long and you can see it in them. I could. So Chris Cuomo is, uh, is uh, out the door at CNN and I, and I say good riddance. I, the one headline from the Daily, I think it was the Daily Wire this week, Fredo finally gets whacked. I love it. I saw this uh, interview, a three-part interview with Alec Baldwin, who's uh, accused of accidentally shooting a producer on the set of a new movie he's shooting or was shooting, shooting maybe is the wrong word, uh, called Rust. And I caught the three-part interview uh, that Baldwin did with George Stephanopoulos. And, you know, it, I, I think it was, he was sincere in his, uh, in his anguish. I mean, he broke down a couple of times and clearly he's busted by this. And he, he went on to say that he became close friends with this woman uh, that he shot. He didn't know, he, he just didn't know how a live round 
got into the chamber. And at one point during the interview, he said he didn't pull the trigger. I'm thinking, well, who did? He was holding the gun, the, the gun discharged. It was supposed to be a cold gun. In other words, it wasn't supposed to be loaded. He pulled, this is what he said, he pulled back the hammer and the gun discharged. Now the guy in charge, the person in charge of making sure those guns for, for movie scenes are safe, I guess they call them uh, armorers. And the armorer had checked the gun and, and I guess ruled it was safe. But then George Clooney was quoted, uh, Stephanopoulos brought up George Clooney's name during the, uh, the interview and said that George Clooney, he didn't name Baldwin by name, but he said, you know, when, you, when you're handed a gun, you're supposed to know whether that gun is loaded and you need to know how to handle it. And presumably Baldwin did. He said, I've done, you know, dozens, hundreds of these types of scenes with firearms never had an incident until now. So I just looked at the interview and I, you know, Alec Baldwin, you can say what you want about him. And uh, I've always liked his work. I mean, he is a fine actor. I don't think there's anybody. He's one of the, I think, four or five best actors uh, alive today, Alec Baldwin. He's done some really, really good movies. The comedy stuff he's done is phenomenal. Along, he was uh, in with uh, uh, Ben Stiller, Along Came Polly. Hilarious. He was in Casino with, uh, with Don Rickles back in the 90s. He's an excellent actor. Uh, and, you know, he broke down a couple of times. And my wife said the second time he broke down, maybe it looked as though it was a little affected, maybe that he was, he was acting a little bit. Now, actors, he could, you know, he could, I'm sure, cry at the drop of a hat. But he seemed to me to be sincere. I mean, he was busted by this, talking about how this woman now is, uh, her children have no mother, and uh, he felt responsible. There's an investigation, obviously. And that's the obvious question is, how does a live round get into a prop gun, which essentially is what it was? So that was a three-part interview. If you have a chance, you can check it out online. That's, what, that's where I got it. I didn't see it when it aired live. It was on YouTube with George Stephanopoulos in his three-part interview with, with Alec Baldwin. Uh, COVID. Now, you can't do a show without mentioning COVID. Somebody who is a, a prominent epidemiologist at Yale University said the pandemic has been one of fear and it's been manufactured by individuals who were in the nominal positions of authority as the virus began to spread across not just the country, but the entire world. This guy's name is Dr. Harvey Reich. He was on Epic TV. I'm not going to talk, talk about the entire interview, but if you're interested, go to Epic TV. That's E-P-O-C-H TV. And the name of the show is American Thought Leaders. I mean, he's not a COVID denier, but he said the whole thing has gotten out of hand. And a lot of the fear is being manufactured by these people who've, who are on a power trip, basically. Let's see, other uh, issues regarding COVID by Jack Phillips. This is in, I think, the Epic Times as well. At least 10 cases of COVID-19 have been reported on a Norwegian cruise line ship disembarking in New Orleans. All these people were vaccinated. All the crew members and the passengers taking part in the cruise have been fully vaccinated. That's according to the Louisiana Department of Health. The agency did not reveal the conditions of those who were infected with the, uh, the virus, the Chinese Communist Party virus, or the Wuhan flu. I was reading over the, uh, over the no, I, I, some, my wife sent me a, a text on Instagram. She said, this, this doctor, he's triply vaxxed. This doctor contracted Omicron and then passes it on to another person. 
don't know what triple vax means. Maybe he got the uh, he got the uh, two vaccines and the booster. He gets the Omicron, then passes it on. It's the doctor. So this business about being, you know, you have to be vaccinated to, to guard yourself against this. It's the it's the vaccinated people who are passing on this uh, this virus in greater numbers. But I guess on this cruise ship, the identified cases on board were asymptomatic, but they were tested and they were fully vaccinated. And that's how it goes. You know, I mean, a lot of more and more of these uh, breakthrough cases of people fully vaccinated uh, becoming infected. And uh, in some cases, they they die. And Massachusetts had uh, uh, several dozen people pass away, again, fully vaccinated from this. Now, they may have had pre-existing conditions or, you know, some other uh, issues as well. I read that Nevada last week became the first U.S. state to impose a surcharge on workers who have not gotten the vaccine, although the penalty doesn't take effect until the middle of next year. All but two members of the state's Public Employees Benefit Program board voted during a meeting to approve a surcharge of 55 bucks a month on those unvaxxed. And, you know, Nevada's a red state. So if they're doing it, they're the first state to do this. I'm surprised New York and California haven't done it, but they will, I'm sure. So I think we'll wrap it up right there. Uh, My daughter Madeline is going to begin a podcast next week. I think I signed her up before she was ready. She says she's got finals this week. So she's going to be doing a podcast, I want to say, the beginning of uh, next week, and we'll keep you up to date on that later in the week. She's uh, at SUNY Albany finishing her first semester, and it's she's going uh, gangbusters. I mean, she's picking up where she left off at, in high school, high honors, and her grades are all you know straight A's, and uh, she d- doesn't take after me in that, in that regard for sure. If you want to listen to the show on our uh, website, you can do that. Go to the bmgnetwork.com, or if you listen on your favorite podcast platform, we're probably there. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Alexa, we're on Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, you name it, we're on it. We're on Facebook, too. And to tell your friends about us, share the program. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, go to Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase, at the bmgnetwork.com. And again, I'm Ted Flint. Thank you very much for tuning us in, folks. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.